Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. Now here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. When Isaac turns to his father, Abraham says in verse 7, he, he, he says, when Isaac says, my father, then Abraham responds, not with a cold, what do you want, boy? It <laughs> doesn't do that, you know. He, but Abraham responds with a very warm, hineni, my son. So how can I serve you, my son? I'm ready to serve you. And in that sense, Abraham knew the question beforehand. He already knew what Isaac was going to ask. You know, it was, it was obvious. You know, everything is being prepared to, for a sacrifice, and everything's there, and the lamb wasn't there. Abraham didn't walk away and say, I wonder if he'll notice no lamb. I mean, you know, it's like, a, you know, you got to give him more credit for that. So Abraham is already knows what Isaac's going to ask. In verse 7, Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, My father, and, when, and he knew what the question's going to be, but he says, He ain't he, my son. I am going to serve you, my son. I'm going to do my, I'm going to real, I'm going to give myself for you, my son. And he said, behold the fire and the wood, but where's the lamb for a burnt offering? Now, how, how would Abraham, he already knew what the question could be. How would he ever respond to this heartbreaking question of Isaac when he knew Isaac's question before even Isaac asked it? And he responds with the hineni. That says it all. The beauty, the tenderness of this scene, as Abraham says to Isaac, Hineni, my son. With that Hineni, Abraham was saying, Son, I'm at your service. I don't know everything, but what I know, I will tell you. I know the fear in your heart, son. But so, so with a Hineni spirit of service to you, I will minister to you. I'll give you exactly what you need to settle the question in your heart. I know, and here it is. Here's my answer as I give you the, from a Hineni spirit. God will provide. I know that God will provide a lamb, or God will provide a resurrection for you, or God will provide a prepared place for you in heaven. But whatever it is, it's gonna have this theme of God will provide. Whatever happens, I'm at your service, son, and I'm setting in the nest of your thoughts, the nest of your mind, this truth that I want you to know, I want you to keep thinking about it, as I have, and that is God will provide. And so Abraham said that to Isaac with all, he said that in all in the spirit of the Hineni. And in verse 11, when God interrupted Abraham from killing Isaac, and God called to Abraham, 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 and Abraham stopped with the knife that was about to go into Isaac, he responds to God in verse 11 with hineni. In other words, Abraham said, hineni, there. He's saying to God, I'm still at your service. When Abraham said hineni, is about to kill Isaac, he's saying, nothing has changed, God. I'm ready to obey you. I'm still the submissive servant. With this hineni, Abraham is still saying, speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth, I'm ready to continue or I'm ready to change my plans. You direct, Hineni. Hineni was put in this chapter to the test. This is the real test of Hineni for Abraham. And this chapter shows, and, and Abraham passed the test. 
And I, you know, I'll never forget the time when this word Hineni became very real to me in 1975, five years after I had received the Lord Jesus Christ as my savior, my father was on this campaign of trying everything to get me to recant and return to Judaism. I mean, he sent me to the, the, the reform rabbi, and if that wasn't good, he sent me to the conservative rabbi, and then he sent me to the orthodox, many, many rabbis. And then, so finally, he also decided that, to, that he wanted me to attend this special meeting at the Hollywood Palladium. You know, that was the time, 1975, when the Jews for Jesus were really gaining ground with Jewish students, and, and this, this meeting, which was called Hineni, the meeting was called Hineni, from an organization called Hineni, and, and specifically, it was designed to stop Jewish students from coming to the Lord Jesus Christ and, and to bring the Jewish believers back to Judaism, actually Orthodox Judaism. So the, like I said, this was called Hineni Reawakening. They called it Hineni Reawakening meeting. And the outstanding Jewish leaders were all supporting the speaker, Esther Jungres, who was a, a Hungarian, who is, she's still alive, Hungarian Holocaust survivor, who, and, and she's the one who formed this group called Hineni. And she was very charismatic. She was very charismatic. She was a real Jezebel. And, and she spoke on this passage in, uh, in, in Genesis 22 here on the word Hineni. And very convincing, very, just about as convincing a messenger from hell as you could get. And she raved about how Abraham said to God, Hineni. And I, and I was enjoying the message, actually. You know? <laughs> and so, and then, but then she got into, you are a Jew, not a Christian. Come home to Orthodox Judaism, not Christianity. And um, so, I, you know, I didn't appreciate that part so much, but I liked the other stuff she said. And, and so it was so convincing that I walked out of the meeting and I said to the Lord Jesus Christ at that meeting there on the sidewalk there in Hollywood, I said, I said, Hineni, Lord Jesus, I'm at your service. So it means that, at your service. And it's another reason that we as believers, as believers, we're Hineni people, because when it says in Philippians 2.4, look not every man on his own things, but every man on the things of others. See, looking out for others at the expense of looking out for our own things, for, for our for expense of looking out for ourselves, that describes Hineni Christians as their, at their service for other Christians. And in Romans 15.1, when it says, what we then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves, See, serving others by bearing their infirmities at the expense of pleasing ourselves, that describes Hineni believers or those who serve other believers. And then in 1 Corinthians 10, 24, when it says, let no man seek his own, but every man another's, see, seeking to promote others at the expense of self-promotion, that describes Hineni Christians serving others. In fact, the whole of 1 Corinthians 13 really describes Hineni Christians especially the part where it says in, in verses 4 and 5, 1 Corinthians 13, love, charity suffers long, is kind, charity envieth not, charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up, does not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil. That's describing Hineni attitude, Hineni spirit. I want you and I, we should leave this class today, like I did from the the Hollywood Palladium meeting, and say, I'm a Hineni person. I'd say, the Lord Jesus, Hineni. And when we open our Bibles, and when we say, speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth, that's the same thing as saying, Hineni, I'm at your service. We open our Bible, we say to God, Hineni, we're saying to God, we want to hear and obey. In our dealings with others, we're Hineni people. In our dealings with God, we're Hineni people. So, as we leave leave now, verse 1, and we come into verse 2, 
Now he's just said, Hineni, he just said, I'm at your service. And Abraham has no idea what God is going to ask him to do. But with this word, Hineni, he set himself up and he said, you know, God, I'm at your service. I'm standing ready to obey. Pretend like you haven't read the rest of this chapter a hundred times. And, and I want to hear every word that God has to say to me. To, you know? And there's no way that Abraham could have imagined what God was going to ask him to do when he came to verse 2. And he said, take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest. Get thee into the land of Moriah. Offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mounts which I will tell thee of. So we can imagine the shock of Abraham when he hears these words. That he's, here's the, and he's hanging on every word that God has said in verse 2. Just like he's fixated. Now let's put ourselves in Abraham's shoes as he's, as he's just extracting out of the mouth of God every word. He's really, really you know, and he, and he says, let's just imagine ourselves as Abraham. Let's just not, you know, let, let's imagine that we're hearing each word for the first time. And we think about it. So what is the first word that God says to Abraham in verse 2? Take. He says take. So God hears that Abraham wants to, to, him to take, obviously Isaac. Take. See, that word take is the word lakak. And it, it's the same word was described, which describes the Lord Jesus Christ as he was taken to the crucifixion to die for our sins in Isaiah 53, 8 where it says he was taken, lakach, same word, from prison and from judgment, and who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living, for the transgression of my people was he stricken. So in this verse 8 of Isaiah 53, there are two he was. First, there was a he was, lakach, he was taken. That was, that's our word here, that was in Genesis 22.2. The second, he was cut off out of the land of the living. So Abraham hears that as the Lord Jesus Christ was, his son Isaac is to be taken and cut off out of the land of the living. All right, what's the next word that Abraham hears in verse two after the word take? Now, he says now. So with that word now, Abraham understands that God is calling for an immediate action, an immediate obedience. So God says now, he didn't mean later, but with the shock of the, suddenness of it all, and Abraham is now to take his son to become an offering. And this suddenness reminds us of the Lord Jesus Christ and, and how the suddenness that he was taken away as an offering for our sins. As it says in Mark 14, 43, it says, and immediately while he spake cometh Judas, one of the twelve, and with him a great multitude with swords and staves from the chief priests and scribes and elders, and he that betrayed him had given them a token, saying, Whomsoever I shall kiss, the same as he. Take him, lead him away safely. As soon as he has come, he goes straightway to him and saith, Master, Master, and kissed him. And they laid their hands on him and took him away. See, that's a scene of suddenness. It's a now scene of how the Lord Jesus Christ was taken to his death immediately while he gets spake. So the picture, to be clear, God told Abraham, Take now Isaac. Okay, what are the next two words that Abraham hears God say to him after now? Your son. Thy, yeah, thy, your son, thy son, thy son. I don't know if he heard your son or thy son. It depends on whether God was speaking King James language to Abraham or not. But anyway, he heard thy, your son. Thy son, okay. So Abraham has only one son of promise. That's really Abraham's son. This is Isaac. We can imagine how with this, this when he says this, Abraham thinks back 
on what God had said about the importance of Isaac, like in Genesis 17, 19, when God said, Sarah thy wife shall bear thee a son. Indeed, call his name Isaac. I'll establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with the seed after him. And then in Genesis 17, 21, but my covenant will I establish with Isaac, which Sarah shall bear unto thee. Okay, what are the next three words that God told Abraham after thy son? Your only son, thine only son. So when Abraham hears the word thine, he thinks of how Isaac is his son. Ishmael had Abraham's genes, and Ishmael had Abraham's looks. I don't know if that was good or bad, but he looked like him. But Ishmael did not have Abraham's heart for God. And only Isaac had Abraham's heart for God. As a matter of fact, Ishmael wanted nothing to do with God. And when Abraham thought of Ishmael and Isaac, maybe Abraham thought back to Adam and Cain and Abel. Because both Cain and Abel were the sons of Adam, but only Abel had Adam's heart for God. And Cain wanted nothing to do with Adam's God. So, and what happened? Abel dies and, and Cain lives. And maybe, it, maybe Abraham is thinking in the same way now. As Abel died, Isaac's gonna die and Ishmael's gonna live. And he thinks, Abraham thinks of the words, the only son. He says, the only son. He thinks about how Isaac is his only son. At this point, Abraham's an old man. And he thinks, uh, I don't think I'm ever going to have another son. And Isaac is really my only son. He'll only be my only son. And he thinks how Ishmael has left his house. So he's not even there anymore. So really, in the house, Isaac really is his only son. And now Abraham's being called by God to give up his only son. He's thinking there of giving up his only son, and it's a perfect picture of God the Father giving up his only son. As it says in John three sixteen. God so loved the world, he gave, he gave up his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So Abraham giving up his only begotten son is the picture of God the Father giving up his only begotten son. Now, what's the next word after that? Isaac, 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 okay, Isaac. So up to this point, God has asked for Abraham's son. But Abraham is maybe thinking, well, I have two sons, you know, <laughs> Ishmael and Isaac. And he's thinking, you know, maybe I could offer Ishmael. You know, maybe you remember how God, remember how Abraham had prayed before for, for Ishmael? Oh, that Ishmael might live before you. And so maybe now he's ready to pray. Oh, that Ishmael might die before you. You know, <laughs> have an exchange. So, but before this, before God said Isaac, you know, it wasn't, maybe it wasn't totally clear, but now Abraham hears the name Isaac and he knows it's not Ishmael that God is asking to, it's Isaac. As a matter of fact, God is being very specific here. And as the, in the Hebrew, it points out that God uses this, this little word et three times, which means that. So, so really what it is, 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 is saying et bincha. You know, uh, uh, that, et, bin, ben, son, ha, yours. Uh, et, bin, ha, that son of yours. And uh, et, yichid, ha. So et is that. Yichid is only one. Only one, ha, yours. That only one of yours. Et, yitzhak. Uh, that Isaac. So God was saying like this. You can picture God saying, you know, take now that, et, Et that son of yours, et that only one of yours. 
that Isaac, I mean, just like God was pointing, pointing, pointing. You know, maybe, you know, Abraham would say, you know, I, I got a lot of, uh, I got some really nice lambs and goats over here, maybe about a thousand of those. And God says, no. And then he just says, you know, I, I got this other son, Ishmael. I could call for him to come back. And God says, no. So with these three ets, God is saying, that son, that only one, that Isaac. No question about it. Clear, crystal clear. And he hears the name Isaac. And I, when he hears the name Isaac, He's thinking back of what the meaning of that word means. The meaning of, you remember, means laughter. So Abraham thinks now in Genesis 21 of the weaning celebration that they had for Isaac. That's a, that part of the chapter is a chapter of joy and celebration and laughter. As a matter of fact, Sarah gets the ball rolling in the party with her I don't know, jokes or comments or whatever you want to call it. Who would have thought that I would be a breastfeeding mother, you know, and, you know, so she's getting the laughter going. It's a whole scene of laughter. So Abraham is thinking, Isaac, that's the laughter and joy of my heart. That's the laughter and joy in my home. And he's thinking, God is asking me to sacrifice the laughter and joy of my heart, the laughter and joy of my home? Now, what's the next verse? Three words. Whom thou lovest. There's one word to describe the relationship between uh, Abraham and his son Isaac, and that is the word love. It's not a cold, sterile relationship. It's a love relationship. Abraham taught Isaac. He taught him everything, like King David taught King Solomon. And King Solomon said, I was in Proverbs 24, 3 and 4. He said, I was my father's son, tender only beloved in the sight of my mother. He taught me also. Isaac was Abraham's son. He loved him. He taught him. I poured out his heart into Isaac, his son. He loved Abraham. Isaac loved Abraham, his father, and he trusted him implicitly. They had a love relationship. Those words, whom thou lovest, it speaks of the relationship between God the Father and God the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Lord Jesus Christ spoke of that love relationship when he said in John 3.35, the Father loveth the Son and hath given all things into his hand. John 5.20, the Father loveth the Son and showeth him all things that himself doeth. This love between the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ spoke of when he spoke to the Father in John 17, 26. I have declared unto them thy name, declared that the love wherewith thou hast loved me may be in them and I in them. The love between the Lord Jesus Christ and the Father, the Father himself spoke of in Matthew three seventeen. Lo, a voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved son, my loved son, in whom I am well pleased. And then at the uh, Mount of Transfiguration in Mark 9, 7, a cloud overshadowed them. A voice came out of the cloud saying, this is my beloved son, hear him. You can almost hear God say, hear him already. You know, everybody else is talking. Anyway, now what's the next words? Next three words. Go, right, go. Get thee and get thee, or go, get thee, get thee. See, when Abraham hears this word, get thee, he hears God say in the Hebrew, lacha, Lacha, and that's the that's the Hebrew for you translate go or get thee, and it literally means lacha means you go, you go. And when Abraham hears God say lacha in this verse, he remembers the momentous time when God used that word to him, and he says in Genesis twelve one at his original calling, the Lord said to him, "Get thee out." Get thee out of thy country from thy kindred, thy father's house, into a land that I'll show thee. That was when Abraham last heard God say, Lacha. And that's the, for, that was when the, the calling of Abraham. Actually, that verse in Genesis 12, 1 is really emphasized because it says, Lech Lacha. In other words, 
go, you go. Lech, go. Lacha, you go. Go, you go. So this lacha that Abraham is hearing here, he remembers back in Genesis 12.1. And he says, oh, the last time I heard that, I heard God say, lacha, sacrifice your country. Get thee out of thy country. Last time I heard that, I heard God say, lacha, go from your kindred. Sacrifice your kindred. Lacha, go from your father, your immediately family, from thy father's house. And so for Abraham, this word lacha, you go, means choose God. That's what it means. Choose God. For Abraham, lacha, or you go, it meant you sacrifice your country, you sacrifice your extended family, you sacrifice your father, your, your immediate family, in order to choose God. So for Abraham, lacha, it means I choose God over everything. So now when Abraham hears this word in verse 2, he remembers, the, and he says, when I hear God say lacha, I'm supposed to now sacrifice Isaac so I can choose God. So in verse 2, when, when Abraham says, when Abraham hears God say lacha, he knows He's being called by God to do exactly what he's done in the past, only one step higher now, sacrifice your son. And he hears that. Same message as the Lord Jesus Christ said in Matthew 10, 37. He that loveth father or mother more than me, he's not worthy of me. He that loveth son, as in Isaac, or daughter more than me, he's not worthy of me. When Abraham hears this word, lacha, in verse 2, he, he hears the same message what the Lord Jesus Christ said to Peter in John 21, when, when, when there was bread, there was fish, and the Lord Jesus Christ said to him, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? It's all about the more than. More than these? And he hears this lacha, and he's hearing God say, more than me? Isaac, more than me? Your father, more than me? See, Genesis 12, prove, Abraham, that you love me more than your father and your country and your kindred by leaving. Genesis 21, prove that you love me more than Ishmael. Do what Sarah says. Now Genesis 22, prove that you love me more than Isaac. Lacha is a very important word. It's a very important word for us. We're a lacha people because it expresses, uh, I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. I'd rather have than him than riches untold, houses, lands, be led by his nail-pierced hands. And then he says, now the next five words, where the next into the, where has he got to go? Where has he got to go? What does he say? Land of Moriah. Land of Moriah. So here's this place he's got to go, land of Moriah. And he thinks to himself, that's a long way away. You know, that's not, that's not like next door. That's three days journey. So for a long three days, he's thinking to himself, I have to travel to this land of Moriah. It's going to be a long three days that I'm going to be walking and thinking about killing my son Isaac. How could we as Abraham, could we do that? Could we hold up for the three days during the long walk there thinking about that? So long three days of being alone with Isaac and knowing he's going to kill Isaac. Could we do that? It's a long three days when probably this was the time in their lives when Abraham and Isaac got the closest they've ever been in their lives. And, and, And could we do that? Could we hold up? Abraham did. So long three days for Abraham to reconsider with each step during those long three days. He's he's affirming, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. It's with conviction, it's with determination. From the time that the Lord Jesus Christ started his public ministry and his baptism until he was crucified, it was a long three years. And those long three years to get to know the actual sinfulness and the unworthiness of those he's going to die for, he says in Matthew 17, 17, and Jesus answered, said, Oh, faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? And during that time, he's thinking to himself, I'm going to die for these people? And so long three years for the Lord Jesus Christ about thinking how he's going to be abused 
as I said in, in Luke 18, 31. He took under those 12, he said, we go up to Jerusalem, all things that are written of me by the prophets concerning the Son of Man shall be accomplished. He'll be delivered on the Gentiles, be mocked, spitefully entreated, spitted on, scourged, put to death. And when he said by the prophets, he's thinking of Isaiah 56. I gave my back to the smiters, my cheeks to them that plucked off the hair. I did not hide my face from shame and spitting. And yet like Abraham, the Lord Jesus Christ didn't waver in his determination. He set his face to go to Jerusalem, as it says there in Luke 9, 53. They did not receive him because his face was as though he would go to Jerusalem. And when he knew this time was coming to close there, he's going to sacrifice on the cross. Each step of the way, especially on the way to the cross, the, the so-called Via della Rosa, you know, the way of the sorrows the, there. And, he, and, he, and he's thinking to himself, long walk, and he's thinking to himself, there's a prayer that I could pray that I won't pray. And he said in Matthew 26, 53, thinkest thou not that I cannot now pray to my father and he shall presently give me more than 12 leaves of, of angels. And so he thought to himself, I will not pray that prayer. And just as Abraham walked those three days to Moriah without wavering, so the Lord Jesus Christ walked there. And God heard Abraham say Moriah and he knew it was a long walk. This is where we're gonna have to stop this morning. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for being the God of Abraham and helping him every step of the way. Thank you, Lord, that Abraham was willing to paint the picture of you, Lord, and all that you went through. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. If you would like to hear more of this message or other messages by Tom Cantor, visit our website, friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also call us directly for more information at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Thanks for listening to Friendship with God with Tom Cantor.